people said she wasn't good enough. Maybe it's time you start thinking about other things besides basketball. What's my But nothing could stop her from making her dreams come true. I never knew anyone love ball as much as you. In love and basketball, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, April... Good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of the Pen and a Napkin Podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. But we are not carrying around a coaching clinic right now. We are in the film room, and we are in the film room for episode number seven. And I selected this movie here, and it is a, a classic from around 2000, a basketball movie, 22 years old. It is Love and basketball and here to help me break down love and basketball is jennifer Raggi, the head girls basketball coach at elkhorn high school in elkhorn nebraska coach Raggi, how are you doing tonight she had a couple of espressos this afternoon we're taping this at a nine o'clock uh she was like i don't know if i can make it that long i might go to sleep on you in the middle of the uh the podcast here so Raggi, if i need to yell at you in the middle of it just let me know <laughs> Okay, okay. It is it is my bedtime, but I have uh, I'm ready to go. I appreciate your sacrifice. You know what? Um next a week from Wednesday at the Metro Coaches Association Clinic, I will <laughs> I will pay for your I will pay for your wings. <laughs> that is so generous of you. And you know what? I might buy you a beverage. Uh, the, well, goodness gracious sakes alive. Thank you so much, Jen. I appreciate that. So, All right. So Love and Basketball, uh, made in 2000. Uh, good movie. Good movie. I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, kind of your just uh, let's just jump right in, Jen. Your, your yeah. overall thoughts of the, the movie. Well, uh, obviously, I watched it way back in 2000, and uh-huh. uh, I really enjoyed it there. But that was, a, you know, 22 years ago, I've, I've <laughs> aged a little bit, as we all have. But uh-huh. I did enjoy it. Um, you know, it was it was fun to go back and watch again. And I, I guess I kind of forgot a lot of the parts. So um, I did enjoy it, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, hot take to start off with. I like to, to throw out the hot take. Uh, I believe I, I was really into the retro uh, soundtrack that we had going on, <laughs> the, the, the 80s appropriate soundtrack. Uh, we got a little Bobby Brown, My Prerogative. We've got uh, Candy Girl by New Edition. We've got yep. uh, It Takes Two by Rob Bass. I mean, this was, this was oh, I mean, those, that, that's some good stuff there. Uh, yeah. I agree. I, I loved the music, so I, I had a smile on my face every time they played a song. Yeah. So uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, uh, fourteen million dollar budget. The movie made about twenty seven, twenty eight million dollars. Uh, some some pretty uh, a couple of you know good actors and actresses in here that people knew about at the time. Alfreda Woodard. Uh, Dennis Hespert, who uh, was Serrano in Major League. Uh, that's how we knew him there. And then he went from one sports movie to another. Uh, he went from a professional baseball player to a professional basketball player. Omar Epps, of course. And then I want to make sure that I say her name right. Uh, uh, 
Sanaa Lathan, Lathan, Sana, Sana Lathan, I think is how you say it. I apologize I'm, if I mispronounce your name, uh, but uh, the the two stars of the movie. Uh, what do you think of the uh, the four quarter format and and the the way they set up the story there, Jen? Yeah, I didn't actually remember that at the you know I when I when I saw it this time, I thought it was kind of cool how they. Uh, jumped ahead and called it four quarters. So I thought that was pretty creative on their part. I enjoyed that. Um, and I obviously, you know, looking back, it was it was fun to watch. You know, I think it was like, what was it, 1988 or something like that? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the year was. And then it jumped ahead. So um, I did enjoy the four quarter format. Yeah. The only thing is when they were in 1988, I don't think the shorts were nearly short <laughs> enough for 1988. Cause I, <laughs> I wore shorts in 1988, and they weren't that they weren't nearly that attractive as they were in that movie. Yeah, you know what? I laughed about those shorts because they were not they did, they were not near that attractive, but no. they uh, kind of look like what we're going to now. It kind of <laughs> looks current. Yeah, well, they're longer, and then especially on the girl side, they they roll them up really tight. Yeah, you know. So, um, you know what? I, I just I have enough trouble trying to make myself look good. I'm not going to worry about anybody else. So exactly, yeah. So, um, all right. So let's jump into it, Jen. Let's just uh, uh, we'll just roll with this here. Uh, how often should you rewatch this film? I think twenty years. <laughs> twenty years. Okay. Yeah, you know I do remember watching it way back, but I I was. I'm not going to tell you how old I was. You already know. Yeah. But um, uh, carry the I, one, uh, <laughs> divide by yeah. two. Yeah. Anyway, I really enjoyed it um, way back when when it came out. Um, I did enjoy going back and watching it now, um, and and I, it's not something that I would probably um, you know watch every year or anything like that. But mm-hmm. those are kind of fun films to go back and just just rewatch every yeah. so often. Maybe not twenty years, maybe five years. I'll yeah. give it five years. I had five years as well. Watch it about every five years, uh, yeah. just to kind of uh, bring that in the uh, you know the the subplots of of love. And, the, and yeah. the two characters falling in love, and then of course their love for one another, and the love for the game of basketball. Uh, I, I I think this is probably. Oh, I know we. You know, my players have probably watched it on bus trips before. Um, when I was at Scott, we you know we had to take some some long bus trips to some places, and I'm, I'm guessing that was up there. So I probably would go every five years as well. Uh, that's how often you should see it. That's again. Now it's you know uh, it's again uh, you, the the record is still once every thirty seven years. Where my buddy Meyer said you know he went from nineteen eighty five to two thousand twenty two uh, watching okay. Teen Wolf. So that record might be, that might be like. Uh, uh, Cal Ripken's consecutive game streak. It might be the unbreakable record. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> in that, I think so. so. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, favorite scene. I've got. Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I got about five or six of my favorite scenes here. Do you want me to go first, Jen, or do you want to? Yeah. Go first? Okay. Yeah, you go first. Okay. All right. Um. I really enjoyed, uh, like I said, we talked about the uh, the soundtrack and the the initial pickup game, and they're playing Candy Girl with New Edition, and uh-huh. you know they're figuring out that 
uh, boy, this this gal can can really play, you know, and and she and that's of course where she gets the scar on her cheek uh, to start out the film, and that thing is always uh, you know a, yep. a theme there. Uh, I really <laughs> I really giggled uh, at the uh, the fight scene, kind of the last scene of whatever year they started out, eighty one or eighty two, and uh, or what yeah whatever year it was, but they got into the fight and. Uh, she ends up kind of kicking the crap out of Quincy out in the front <laughs> yeah. lawn uh, after yeah. he, after he asked her to be his girl, but she had to ride his his bike to school, and she's like, "No, I'm not going to do that," and and that type of thing. So I like that scene. Um, I'm trying to read my own handwriting here. Uh, the car ride uh, that they took after uh, the one game and uh, when she was in high school, the second to last game where yeah. the UCLA yep. scout was there. Yep. I, I thought that was I thought that was a good scene. Uh, her losing the championship game, um, it was sad, but it was it was a good scene. Um, when she uh, when she was playing at USC and she stepped in for the injured point guard. Um, oh, I got her name. Uh, Sid had had hurt her ankle and uh-huh. she throws it away against Louisiana Tech. And then she takes the charge. She learned the lesson from her coach yep. how to take the charge and be a great teammate. And then uh, the Spanish pregame uh, when she's in Spain and they're getting ready to oh, play yeah. the, 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 the championship <laughs> game. Uh, no. Wasn't a very long scene. Uh, no. Is there is there going to be any uh, pregame talks in Spanish this year for the Antlers? Oh, man. They would probably uh, – they would all understand it, I think. I mean, they take a lot of Spanish, so so I'd have to brush up on mine. But yeah. uh, sometimes I think I'm speaking Spanish. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I spoke Spanish, they would understand more. Um, yeah, like that. And then, um, you know, the, the end one-on-one scene. You know, I think yeah. that's 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 way up there as well. It's our yeah. it's our second consecutive movie where at the end of the movie there's a big one on one scene. Uh, when we talked, uh, he got game. It was uh, Denzel and Ray Allen, and this one uh, it's Monica and Q uh, playing one on one for his heart. And uh-huh. uh, you know, you know, she ends up winning his heart even though she lost the game. So um, yeah. those those were my five or six. Yeah, I, I I had a lot of those down, but I definitely um, enjoyed the uh, the one on one at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was when I wrote down. I thought it was, and then you know, almost like the next day they were going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, and then like two seconds later they're fighting. I thought that was typical of you know middle school or whatever age they were at the time. I thought that was that was funny, but I loved the. Uh, practice at uc usc mm-hmm. uh, of course you're gonna know this because you know when she took the charge and she learned to take the charge that was uh that practice was one of my favorite scenes and uh-huh. then uh when she uh decided to hold her her pose after she made the shot and then the coach made her stand there and yeah. hold that pose for practice i thought that was funny mm-hmm. but i i did enjoy the scene where um she went into the coach's office and i think you know, coach told her she was going to be a starter uh-huh. and, uh, she said something to the effect of, well, why are you always, um, on my case or whatever she said. And the coach kind of explained like, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not on your case, then you should worry or, you know, yep. and, and not so many words. I, yep. I really enjoyed that scene. I thought that was pretty realistic and thought there was a message there, but, um, and then I had that last scene, of course, I don't, 
that that was a big scene, the one on one at the very end. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool, and then it finished. Uh, I did like the. Um, oh yeah. Double, but... When she was playing in the WNBA and mm-hmm. and uh, Q was sitting there with her kid mm-hmm. on the sideline, I thought that was pretty cool how they ended it that way. Kind of everything came full circle. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, she's not a she's not the the first woman to play in the in the NBA, but she is playing in the WNBA, and uh, yeah, I, I I thought you know it was it was a very good uh, romantic ending. You know, everybody walks out of the theater feeling really good about everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so we both had the the candy girl scene. Uh, we both had the taking the charge scene. Uh, I like the pose scene as well, but I was going to talk about that a little bit later, but I agree with you. That was a good scene as well. Uh, so those are our three. Uh, uh, so which one is officially our favorite scene here, Jen? Uh, I think you got to go with the one-on-one at the end. Okay. All right. I don't know. I, I, I hate to get all lovey-dovey, but I think <laughs> that was probably the, the whole thing of the movie. So I got to go with that one. I don't know about you. Uh, their love was determined by basketball, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we'll go with that. We'll go with that one. That sounds good. So um, worst scene. And I'll be honest with you, I, I don't really have any worst scenes. So I'll let you lead on this, Jen, if you had a worst scene. But I do have some... Uh, uh, some observations, if you will, okay. uh, um, as and, and maybe one of those would qualify as a worst scene. Uh, but uh, what uh, what do you have for worst scene? Um, I I wrote down. I didn't think. Uh, you know, they were they were. <laughs> I wrote down they were boyfriend and girlfriend, and then they kind of got into a fight. And then I thought, well, middle school, because I teach middle school, and I mm-hmm. assume that's the age they were. Mm-hmm. I thought, man, they don't make up that fast because the girls hold a lot of grudges. So yes. I thought, you know, that was a pretty quick turnaround for a middle school girl. So um, I didn't have a lot of, of, of bad scenes. Um, I thought they could have done a, a little bit better a job um, with the, um, I don't know how I want to say this, the realistic play at the yep. very beginning and the one-on-one. I thought they did a good job um, with it in the other parts of the movie. I just thought at the very beginning, I, I didn't think it was real, real realistic, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. Um, at that part. But there weren't a lot of bad parts um, or bad scenes, I don't think. No. I, I struggled with that question a little bit. No, I, and, and I didn't think there was either. I thought... I thought most things fit uh, pretty well in the in the film. Uh, so I did have some observations, though. Uh, yeah. And, and in the sense of worst, like in this sense, it was like worst scenes like made me cringe. Um, the the awkward high school slow dance um, yes. that that brought back some memories from the from the <laughs> mid to late 80s, um, you know, and, and I always tell my students today you'll never know the pressure that the guy had to go and ask the girl to go dance with him and then they're playing you know like warrants heaven isn't too far away and and you got that whole awkward high school thing and then you know you always had the uh the few couples that were we'll just generously call it overly affectionate on the dance floor (laughs) and things like that and so that just brought back some memories of awkward high school dance moments. Uh-huh. Um, yep. I, I don't know where you land on that. 
Yep. No, I totally agree. And that one thing that I didn't like, and I and it, it just made me cringe. And it's it's part of the movie was that she brought in the college guy or that somebody hooked her up with a stranger and ended up being a I think it was a college guy. Yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You know, I don't want. I don't want a high school girl dancing with a college guy at a dance that she doesn't even know. So, well, and obviously that happens sometimes, but it just made me cringe a little bit. Was it just me or was the high school guy really way too happy to, or was the college guy way too yeah. happy to be at a high school dance? Yes. I, I can't imagine. And he was a nice looking guy and I'm like, that, that's, He's not going to be that excited to be there with that scene. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that, I don't know. That was, I guess if I had to mark one down, I that would be it. Okay. All right. Um, another observation. Uh, Quincy tears his ACL going up for the dunk. Um, he's in the hospital for like three days with an ACL. Now, yeah. I, 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 I don't. I, I've never gone through that procedure, or I, uh -huh. you know, I, I've, I've never torn the ACL or anything like that. And this isn't even like post surgery or anything like that. Like he got hurt, and then he's in the hospital and and all this stuff. Like um, that, that doesn't add up. That that did no. not add up. You know, and, and I get it was a con a convenient uh, director's tool to bring everybody to this one place where you have uh -huh. uh, Quincy's mom and dad. Uh, talking about the divorce and how he hates his dad, and then his dad comes in, and then Monica comes in, and then Tyra Banks comes in as his fiance, and everybody's able to come to this one place yeah. at all one time. Uh, and by the way, how do all those people get past security? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> just just again observations yep. I'm making, Jen. Yep, I know. I I agree. That bothered. I was like, she just walked in, and he didn't know she was coming, and that was okay. Yeah. And this guy's in the NBA. <laughs> like what? Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Um, third, and I guess I would qualify this one as a as a bad scene. Uh, okay, Quincy, I get it. You're a stud. You're big man on campus. Uh, I understand that you're upset with your father for what he did. Uh, but come on, man. You know, you understand what curfew is. You understand what it's like to be yeah. part of a team. Uh, jerk move, dude. Yeah. Just jerk move. Yeah, and I don't know how realistic that was, you know. I that one bothered me a little bit too because him being a team member, I thought, well, she offered for them to go back to her place and yep. obviously talk about it, but no, he was he was insistent that he sat on those bleachers that night and talk about it then and yeah, that's pretty selfish and I don't I don't know how realistic that was either. Yeah, and it was almost 11 o'clock at night, so if you're walking across campus at 11 o'clock at night and you're just looking to go from point A to point B, I mean, I get it, you're the the BMOC, you're the big man on campus, right. but I mean, come on, Quincy, you know, you're not Michael Jackson famous, and right. you're, you're a dude on college campus, just, you know... I, I think he is very much to blame, and, and he owned up to it later on, um, yeah. which was good, but... Yeah, that was not a good move. Not a no, good move. No, yeah. no, I agree. Yep. Well, well, yeah, go ahead. No, uh, no, you go ahead. Well, and then to add to his his uh, his jerkiness, and then he just like doesn't tell her that he wants to break up or whatever, and then all of a sudden invites her to go out to grab a bite with his new fling, and I was like, what? You didn't even you didn't even say you were seeing this other person. We're just gonna invite 
your ex to go along with your new fling out to eat? Yeah, and they weren't even broken up. It was just this this girl that that showed up. I mean, just uh, Quincy McCall, not your best 10 minutes (laughs) in in this stretch here. No, no. Not your best 10 minutes, so... Uh, I understand why she didn't want to talk to him for five years, basically, yeah. after this. So, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding, with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at apenandanapkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, apenandanapkin.com. Be sure to check out the Apenandanapkin video library. Basketball realism. Uh, the accuracy in the film, the the, the filming, uh, the way they played the game, the way they captured the action footage, which was actually it was a lot more basketball in the movie than I remembered from whenever I watched it before, Jen. Uh there was quite a bit of uh basketball within the movie. And uh so what did you uh, from A to A to F, what did you give the basketball accuracy and realism for this movie? Um really I thought I thought it was pretty good. I I mean I I'd give it a B I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. Like I said, there were there were certain parts where maybe at the beginning where they were just playing with those little kids one on one that maybe wasn't I didn't I didn't think it was quite realistic, but I thought it could have been better. But then um and the you know, the one on one at the end was was probably more of a D. Yeah. But like when they showed him in practice, they showed him in games, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um I mean I'd go A minus B plus on those on those scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have some uh, Joanne Bracker flashbacks when they were doing the defensive slide drill at USC? <laughs> well, taking the charge, yes. <laughs> and uh, doing the slides, yes. <laughs> and I thought to myself, when that scene where, where she had to hold her pose, I thought, well, that would be something where she said, hold it the rest. That would be something that Joanne would um, make sure to get her point across not to do that. So, um but yeah, I I thought it was, I thought honestly some of those movies I don't think they do a good job of um, you know doing basketball like playing sports and being realistic with it. But I thought they did a pretty good job with it. Yeah, I gave it a solid B. I, it wasn't great. I I think in in film, uh, I I think the gold standard for this is like blue chips. Um, you know, just they, they just, and again, they had all NBA guys, they had Hall of Famers out there playing, and they just let them play and they, they taped a play. So, I mean, that's the gold standard. Uh, Omar Epps, pretty good athlete, was in a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, films and, yeah. uh, uh, of, about sports, excuse me. And so I thought the, like you said, the practices, you know, the defensive shuffles, I thought they did a good job with that. Um, you know, the taking the charge scene where in, in practice, a little bit unrealistic in the sense of you and I just wouldn't have the whole team standing around watching right. one player take a charge. Right. We'd be having our kids doing other things at other stations yeah. and things like that. So, uh, and, but, but a solid B. Uh, I, I thought uh, it was kind of interesting in the high school game where 
you know, she was given kind of the play-by-play in her head and, you know, okay, we're down four. I got to do this. Yeah. I got to do this. Read yep. this here. Boom. You know, and I, I thought that was some creative filmmaking in that regard. Yeah. I, I'd never really seen that done in a sports movie before. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a, I thought it was a solid B. I thought it was a solid B. Uh, not great, not bad. Um, you know, Again, not blue chips, but not Teen Wolf. That's yeah. for sure. So, um, one thing, one thing I didn't, I didn't understand. I know it kind of, I kind of got caught up on it with the realism. Was she had these D one coaches in the stands, and obviously her attitude and this and that turned them off. And then she went from no offers, and and she was hoping for this one offer. Well, then she got her one offer. It seemed made it seem like there was only one offer, and I thought. Yeah. You're getting UCLA is sitting in the stands. USC is sitting in the stands. <laughs> there were some other coaches in the stands. Yeah, but you only got one offer, so yeah. nobody else in the whole United States wanted you to play basketball until USC made that offer because somebody got pregnant. Then you got this offer. Well, I didn't think they didn't do a very good job with that. I don't know, and maybe they didn't have to because that wasn't the whole yeah. point of the movie, but. Um, I just got kind of caught up in that for some reason. Yeah, you know, I didn't even really think about it. But, I mean, at the same time, if you really think about it, has anybody ever really heard of Los Angeles, California before? And it's kind of an out-of-the-way place. Nobody really knows how to get there. I I think she was just a diamond in the rough that UCLA and USC. I am tongue is stuck firmly in cheek on this this is sarcasm Roggy, you have brought up a tremendous point on this you can't tell me the uc irvine anteaters wouldn't have been interested in her or or san diego state or somebody uh or yeah or, or was she just like a, a power five or bus kid I, I, that's what I and I don't know. It's just the way we live now. It's just caught, that caught me up a mm-hmm. little bit. Uh, one of the things I did write down, and, and and I do mean this in all seriousness. I I thought it was interesting at this time in women's basketball. The when when Monica was playing her games, they were basically playing in a glorified high school gym. Yes. Whereas, of course, Quincy's playing in the big arena. But that is what was still happening at the yeah. Division One level as in the late 80s and, and early 90s with, uh, you know, you I, I distinctly remember USC and Stanford and, and a lot of these really, really good programs were playing competitive Division One women's basketball games in facilities that were no better than a high school gym. And... I thought that was a pretty realistic way of showing uh, the way women were treated at this time period about the way that they played the game. And in in so many ways, the disrespect that women were given about the way that they played the game and their ability to make it a marketable product for spectators to want to watch. Um, and, And so I thought that added to the realism uh, it wasn't a budgetary thing. I think they were aiming for realism for no. the time period. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think it was on our—it was on my radar anyway. That would have caught me anyway, just be, knowing the history of everything. But um, I think it, it, just watching it this year with all the attention with Title Nine and how far it's come, I think that caught me. Uh, I really that grabbed my attention, mm-hmm. and I think that was very realistic. Mm-hmm. So I thought they did a good job with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, best coaching advice. Uh, I've got, uh, 
two or three things here. And um, you want me to to start on this one, Jen? You go for it. Okay, I can do that. Uh, The Hold the Pose, we've referenced that. Uh, I think that your players will do as much as you allow them to get away with. And, uh, you know, uh, coach with her Brooklyn accent, uh, coaching in Southern California, uh, I got to look up her. Coach Davis is her yeah. name, uh, a real generic New York name there, Coach Davis. But with her thick Brooklyn <laughs> accent there, uh, you know, when players start popping the jerseys and they start doing this and they start doing that, yeah. uh, they do that because they're allowed to do it, in uh-huh. my opinion. And and I know there's a relative, I, I know you can't, uh, it's no long. It's not a situation where you don't want some individualism. You need to allow players to show uh, joy and energy and passion and getting fired up and things like that. Uh, but I thought that was kind of an example of when we're talking about coaching advice. Uh, your your players are going to do as much as you're going to allow them to get away with, and I, I think that was a really important lesson learn lesson to learn in that scene. Yeah, totally agree. It's um, that was one thing I wrote down was, and it was more when you said you know best coaching advice. I kind of took it as from the movie. What would be advice for maybe an athlete? And mm-hmm. mine was like, hold your composure. You know, you're not bigger than the team, um, and it almost cost. It did cost them in, in a sense the mm-hmm. end of their their season. Um, and then it almost cost her a scholarship. And I thought that was a good message that they sent, um, through the movie. Maybe, maybe not just coaching advice, but I like where you're going with that as far as like, mm-hmm. you know, same message, but as a, from a coach's perspective, if you allow it, it's going to keep happening. But at the same time, from an athlete's perspective, like look what that all cost her yep. or almost cost her. Almost cost her. Yep. Uh, a couple other things. Uh, the you know Coach Davis, and you referenced the scene where you know she talked about how if if I'm not yelling at you, that's when you need to be worried and things like that. I think it's also important to know as a coach what players you can, excuse me, and cannot get upset with, mm-hmm. and and how far you can push them. And sometimes it has to be a point where you push a player too far, and mm-hmm. then you can and then you kind of bring them back. And I think that Coach Davis knew that she could push Monica, that she was a, a tough kid, and she was and, and she wanted to be great. And so that is an important thing to think about when you're coaching your team. You coach everybody the same, but you coach everybody differently. And some kids you don't yell at at all. Some kids you can really, really get on them. And every player is going to have that different uh that different threshold of of how how much volume we can you, we can use with them. Uh, that was another thing that I picked on. On yeah, yeah, that's a, that. Those are all good points. I mean, and it didn't show it, but I'm sure if you would had the scenes cut, like obviously in the real world, you have to build a relationship with those players so that you know, hey, can I can push this one this far? This one's fragile can't really i better coddle her a little bit more so um if we were you know if it was all about the coaching in this movie then i think it would have shown that but um obviously we had to it it had a different message it had a love story going on and a basketball story going on so um Mm -hmm. no i totally agree like 
that that was a, a good good message they were sending there. Mm-hmm. Coaches are absolutely loving our taking over a new program booklet. As many of you know, I spent two years outside of coaching, and during that time, I hung a note card in my workspace at school that said, strip the house down to the studs. I took that time to really rethink and reorganize my thoughts on what it takes to run a transformational program. As I prepared for the possibility of coaching again, I organized these thoughts into this 96-page booklet. How much do I trust this booklet? I used this booklet as I went on interviews to help sell myself and my vision for what my new program would look like. If I'm using it to sell myself, why wouldn't I recommend it to you, my listeners? This booklet will help you look at any part of your program, no matter what stage you're at in your program, and help improve it in some way. It's all yours for only $15, which includes shipping and handling. For more information, email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Uh, best line of the film. Yeah. Uh, I got one, two, three, four. I got I got five. Wow. Five good lines that that okay. I that I liked. So uh, I tell you what, how many did you have? Well, I had two wrote down, but as we were talking, I thought of the third, and I'm not going to quote it correct. Okay. But uh, there was a third line that I enjoyed. Okay. So um, I liked the, uh, of course, the double or nothing line where, you know, mm-hmm. you think it's over, and then uh, Q says double or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really liked, we're going to go back to that scene where the coach is talking to her, and the quote was, you think I'd go horse? Do you think I would go horse for a player with no potential when I ignore you? then you need to worry. Like, I, I love that quote anyway, that we've all said that. We've all said that to our players, our team. Um, but I thought that was that was one of my favorite quotes when she said that. But uh, the third one that I just thought of, and I, I'm just going to reference it because I don't know the quote, but it was um, the advice that, oh gosh, was it was it Sid? Was that the, the senior point guard? Yeah. Is that who that was? Yep. Where she gave the advice back to Monica about don't, let a freshman beat you out or beat your spot out or something. She said it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first time she was kind of saying she wasn't going to beat her out. And yeah. then the next time it was advice for her going forward. And I thought that was a cool quote or a cool line mm-hmm. uh, when she said that. Yeah. The first time she said it wasn't it in the weight room. And then she let the bar yes. Uh, yes. come down. Yeah. I was like, Ooh, yes. boy. I, I, that was terrible. Yeah. That was a bad scene. I'm going to put that on my bad scene. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was terrible. And as a PE teacher, I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, do do we need to talk to Coach Davis about the culture in her locker room a little yeah, bit here? That, that was bad. I, I, we need to rewind. That's a bad scene. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of, I mean, she's taking the charge and the players are making fun of her for taking the charge and she doesn't say anything. And, and then we got that going on. And yeah, I, I Coach Davis, I, I think we need to. I think we need to summon a little John Gordon yeah. here, Coach Davis. I, I, we yeah, need, I agree. We need to work on our chemistry. So, uh, yeah. all right. So I got about five of yeah. them here. Uh, for, very first scene, they're playing the the, the two on two in the driveway, and uh, you know Monica comes over and then she takes off the hat and, and one of the boys says, "Oh <laughs> man, he's a girl." <laughs> and, and, and I thought that you know that sounds like what an eleven-year-old would say. You know, yep, it does. Yeah, uh, I, I thought that was that was funny. Uh, Monica puts on uh, the dress for the big spring dance, and yep. uh, her somebody said, "Oh, one of the girls said in the uh, 
or no, it was Gabrielle Union. That was uh, that was uh, Quincy's date for the night, and she said, "I didn't know Nike made dresses." Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah that that was pretty good. Um, yeah. All um, they're the Spanish the the Jen Ragi Spanish pregame speech, yeah. and uh, and Monica asked her teammate, "What did he say?" And he she said, "He said get you get the ball to you." Um, you know, so sometimes it's just that simple. Um, all's fair in love and basketball. Uh, we heard that one a few times in the movie. Yep. Yep. And, and then for me, my favorite quote, uh, she just said, uh, when they, a couple of times where they got into this debate and I think it was, uh, I think it was when they were at USC uh, in college and she said, I'm a ball player. And, I'm not a girl. I'm not a woman. I'm I'm a ball player. Just look at yeah. me as a ball player. And I think the, the, in in some ways, kind of the revolutionary part of this movie is this movie. If we take a look at like a league of their own, which is earlier than this, but uh, okay. still within the same generic time frame, th- there's not a lot of movies with female athletes and and yeah. geared towards female teams, unless they're like you know, stupid slapstick type of stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I think the, the greatest message of this movie is women can love to play sports in this case, basketball. What most, and, and you know, Jen, that I've coached women for a long, long time mm-hmm. and they just want to be seen as ball players just as much as the guys are. Uh, I'm not a, I'm not a girls basketball player, a women's basketball player, I'm I'm a ball player, and just look at me as a ball player, and I and I think that might be the greatest message of the movie. I yeah, I totally I think that is the probably the best message in the movie. Um, totally agree with that. Those are all great lines, great scenes. Yeah. Well, so which one was your favorite? Uh, well, the funniest one was the Spanish one. Yeah. I, I have to say that that's my funniest one, but. Um, yeah, the the I'm just a ball player has to be I I kind of forgot about a lot of those. So mm-hmm. that that was a good one. That's probably my favorite one. Gotcha. All right. The Dom Pagnotti, sleaziest character in the movie. This goes back to uh he got game and the the Dom Pagnotti sports agent trying to convince Jesus Shuttlesworth yeah. to go pro here. So, uh Coach Raggy, who was your Dom Pagnotti sleaziest character of the movie? Well, there were a few sleazy ones. Uh, the high school girls that were throwing themselves at Q. Oh, yeah. There was that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> they were pretty sleazy. Yeah. Um, there was a there was a sleazy one there at that party uh, that they were at in college, but mm-hmm. I think those high school. Those high school ones probably were the number one. And I don't know their names. I didn't go back and look. I don't uh-huh. even think they said their name, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, they were pretty sleazy. Okay. All right. I've got uh, I've got two of them. Uh, I, I had two nominees, and then I picked one. Okay. Uh, nominee number one, we mentioned him already. Uh, Jason, the college date. Again, yes. as, as ah. a... As a really, really good-looking college dude, he was yeah. way too excited to be at the <laughs> high school dance. Uh, he was. You know, so, yeah, just just kind of sleazy, 
you know? Yeah. Uh, but my winner for the, the sleaziest character in the movie, unfortunately, and I, and I think his intentions overall were good, but he just uh, made a couple of really big mistakes that caught up to him, uh, was Zeke McCall, uh, Quincy's dad. Uh, oh, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, was, it was bad enough that he cheated on his wife, and then he got caught in a paternity suit, and then, you know, what upset Quincy so much yeah. is that he lied to him right to his face and looked him dead in the eye, and he did it so easily, and all of that stuff. And, you know, just yeah, just a, a, a pretty sleazy move, a, a pretty sleazy guy in the end. You know, he kind of, at the beginning of the movie, he gives this big speech about, you know, don't use the word can't, and, you know, he, yeah. he's supposed to be this great father figure. And, and I'm not saying that... He's not a, to err is, is to be human, and uh-huh. and, I, and I'm not, you know, saying that, but yeah, uh, you know, he tried to portray himself in one way, and he turned out to be kind of not that person that he portrayed himself to be. So, for me, he gives uh, Zeke McCall, uh, formerly Pedro Serrano, he gets the yeah. Dom Pagnotti sleaziest <laughs> character of the movie for me. So. Uh, I'm gonna. I would agree with you on that. I said the sleazy high school girls, but I, I totally agree with you on that. I, I didn't think about him. Yeah. And then did he? He never did come back around. He just kind of left. Did he? Did he leave after that hospital scene? And didn't see him. Did again. we see him again? Yeah. I don't think we saw him again. So, yeah. Well, you know, obviously they have the kid. He has a grandkid. They never. They never show him again. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh... You know, I hope he was invited originally to the wedding. Yeah. Um, yeah. Y- you will never know because, we won't. you know, nope. double or nope. nothing. Uh, sorry, double Tyra nothing. Banks, you lost out on yep. marrying Omar Epps. But uh, um, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. It's a, it was true love. It yes, was, it was. It was yes, true it love. Was. Yes, it was. It so. had to happen. Yeah. Um, best storyline, Coach Ragi. Uh, well, what do you have for best yeah. story? Well, the, the best storyline that I got was. And this is from, I don't know if this is what you're talking about here, but uh, the best storyline I got was um, the fact that as a coach, you don't know what's going on with with these kids. And we know that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you had two different basketball players, one female, one male, and they were all going through their own struggles. Yep. And uh, there was a point in time where he... Uh, you know, obviously didn't play well and then just made this rash decision to go pro. Yeah. Um, obviously it was too early, Mm -hmm. but it was all based upon his home life and what was going on there. And then you had her who, um, you know, obviously just fell out of love with basketball Mm -hmm. and, um, kind of threw it all away at, at one point. And I mean, we've all seen players at our level do things like this or go through things like this and, and their inconsistent play. And all of a sudden they're, you know, maybe down in the dumps, making some decisions that, you know, they had made before, but we don't know if it's, you know, home life. We don't know if it's boyfriend, girlfriend. We don't know if it's, you know, a bad test or, or what's sure. going on. But, mm-hmm. um, but the biggest storyline, like from a coach's perspective was how much that can affect, you know, obviously on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, but the storyline, obviously the biggest storyline for the movie in general was, uh, those two had to have each other to be happy. I mean, yeah. they had to have each other for basketball. They had, a, they were, they made each other complete with the whole basketball thing and, mm-hmm. and they were in love and that was the biggest storyline. But I think from a coach's perspective, 
um, you can learn a lot just to looking a little deeper into that kind of, that part of the story. Yeah, I kind of had that same thought in a different category down there with uh, you know how this can help you win games. Uh, but yeah. we can, but we can, you know I agree with you there. You know you you have to understand that your players have lives outside of the two hours that you have them in practice and or the two hours that you're at the game that night or whatever it may be there's there's things that are going on outside the court that can definitely affect their performance on the court whether that's like you said academics family issues boyfriend girlfriend things um whatever the scenario may be and i know that i've always tried to be aware of that as a coach but i know Mm -hmm. that i have failed in that capacity Mm -hmm. at times as a coach to to not be uh, i was not as sympathetic or uh understanding as maybe i could have been to situations and and maybe some of those situations were also driven by uh you know my own personal frustrations with that player at the time anyway that had you know and so it just kind of compounded itself and so uh but i i think that's really important that you know here we got and you know quincy he's lighting it up lighting it up and then he has one bad game against temple i believe you know don cheney went out and just locked him up back back in 1988 or whenever it was Uh and uh you know he started he's getting booed and like you said he makes this rash decision because he's upset at his dad for what he did and you know there's there's a lot of that stuff that's going on and we have to understand as coaches that our players have those those issues and that we have to keep that in mind so um i had kind of in in some ways a little bit related to that just the teammate dynamics as well i mean you know Quincy and Monica their their relationship is what drives the entire movie from start to finish mm-hmm. the whole 2 hours yep. uh but you know, the, the relationship between Sid and Monica as teammates. Uh, and, and I really liked, again, talking about the concept of the focus of the movie altogether was more on Monica than it was on Q. And I liked that they went into the female locker room. And, uh-huh. the, you know, it's we, we've seen the locker rooms of, of men's teams portrayed so many times on film, but here they were talking about this and that. And again, you know, some of it, a lot of it, not very nice. Again, you know, coach uh-huh. Davis, you gotta, we gotta work on some culture things here. Uh, gotta have, a, gotta, gotta have the ear a little bit lower to the ground here uh, yeah. de- dealing with our player dynamics, but, but there are those player Dan and, and that being said, there are those player dynamics that we have to be aware of that we yeah. have to be conscientious of. And, and sometimes that's bigger than the X's and O's. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't know, um, how to me, I don't know how realistic that was as far as like no. the challenge that they were pretty aggressive. Sid was pretty aggressive with oh, yeah. how she reacted to being challenged. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I don't ever remember going through that in high school or college for that yeah. matter. Um, and now I can't imagine that happening. I think it'd be more passive aggressive. It would be, mm-hmm. you know, probably girls would be talking behind each other's backs, things like that, which mm-hmm. causes more problems. But, um, but yeah, you don't see any, any movies with that perspective at all. No. Oh, you're talking about the female locker room? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. that is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. 
If you are a coach in the Omaha, Council Bluffs, Lincoln area, be sure to sign up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinic Series to be held at DJ's Dugout at 114th and Dodge here in Omaha, Nebraska. The Omaha Metro Basketball Coaches Association has four clinic dates lined up, September 21st, September 28th, October 5th, and October 12th, and we'll have some of the best coaches not only from our region but nationwide. If you're interested in signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaching Clinic Series, send your registration and fee to MBCA, care of Tom Crable at Boystown High School, 122 Heroes Boulevard, Boystown, Nebraska, 68010. Registration fee is only $75 per coach on your coaching staff, and you won't regret signing up for the Metro Basketball Coaches Association Coaches Clinics. I, I think I should apply for a new job. I, I, <laughs> I, I want to be the official consultant for all basketball shows and movies when it comes to the realism of yeah. what is really portrayed. Because, you know, the, the, you're, you're never going to have, I don't want to say never, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Bad teams would never have, you know, bad teams might have that dynamic, but good teams would never no. survive that type of dynamic and be successful right. and go out and beat Oregon and beat Louisiana Tech and whoever else they were playing, um, UCLA and all that other stuff. Uh, they're you know, that's just not, no, th- that, that, that team is broken before it's even started, you know? Yeah. N- never mind. Obviously those are two top basketball players. If they're later on, they're playing in Spain together or against each other. One's in Italy, one's in Spain. So they're high caliber, caliber athletes, basketball players. And I don't know. I don't know if I believe that, that those words would be said, but maybe they would, maybe it's just, I, I guess I'm not aware of it, I guess. Yeah. Well, um, it is what it is, and that's and that's why it's Hollywood, and it's not real life. That's yep. why. That's why I'm. I'm. If there's a Hollywood person out there listening to this podcast, I I, I know I realize I'm loaded as a high school history teacher. Right. I, I, I've got financial freedom. I can live yep. in two places at once. I can take my private jet back and forth from Omaha to L.A. This is yep. the job I'm applying for right now. So, um, basketball lessons learned. Uh, what are what are some things uh, that that we can learn just about basketball in general from watching this movie, Coach? Well, I already kind of touched on it a little bit as far as um, just understanding that players go through a lot of different things. Um, but I think everybody's inspired. You know, you get inspired by different things, mm-hmm. and these two, especially Monica, was inspired by. Um, kind of cue and hit the challenges and she was obviously inspired when he was sitting in the stands um i I think she kind of looked around for him at times so Mm -hmm. um i think and he didn't seem to be inspired by whether she was there or not in high school yeah but um i think that we're all driven by different things and um when those things aren't there then perhaps that's hard to be as inspired or hard to, to keep going. So, um, that was one thing. Um, but just, you know, she, there are athletes out there. She took it very, very serious. Like basketball was her life. Yeah. And, uh, I think it's hard to find those kids, but 
once in a while you'll come across those kids and I think you have to find a way for them to have some balance. She didn't have much balance in high school. Yeah. And uh, I think when those kids come along and I think you could take that and, you know, maybe they're more serious about their, um, their academics and maybe they need more balance. So maybe they need to be inspired to kind of take the the pressure off of them there to, Mm -hmm. um, try to have some more balance, I guess. But, um, besides that, just the, just for me, it was the, the lesson was again, just to make sure that I get to know my players and Mm -hmm. understand they have a lot going on and and that obviously affects how they play. Yeah. I I think for me, and I kind of said this, uh, before, you know, I, I think from our favorite line, you know, I'm a player, uh, I'm a ball player. Not a not a woman, not a female, yeah. you know, and and I think we as as coaches, we just got we just have to coach our players, whether whether you're a, a male coaching females like like yeah. I am, or in the in the rare case if you're a female coaching males, which is becoming more and more common. Uh, sure. I think I saw somewhere on Twitter today, uh, there's 15 female assistant coaches in the NFL this year. Some 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 number oh, like wow. that, which is okay. which is really cool. And, yeah. and so just, just coach them, just coach them. Right. Don't, don't, don't worry about that. Coach them well, coach them up, try to make them better players, try to make them better human beings, uh, so forth and so on. And, you know, just, just treat them all like, like they're players. They're all players. Mm-hmm. Um, I also liked, uh, the scene early on in the movie, uh, Monica got teed up for whatever, and her coach sat her the rest of the game. Yes. And I, I was like, hey, yep. you know. And I saw that, the kind of the gutsiest call I've ever seen that was uh, Brad Feakin uh, did that. They were, we were uh, when I was at Scud, our boys were playing them. Really tough game. And the, the kid that in, ended up going to North Dakota, uh, Samuelson, I think was his uh-huh. last name. Yep, yep. Uh, got teed up with like a minute left to go in regulation. And Fekin took him out, and game went into overtime. He didn't put him back in, and I was like, "Man, yeah, wow, that is." And, and Gret, yeah, that's hey, Gretna yeah. ended up Gretna ended up winning the game, but I was like, that, "Thank goodness." <laughs> that, 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 yeah. But that showed a lot, though. That that yeah. showed a lot. That yeah. and and when you when you have that high of a standard for all your players, not yeah. you know not just certain players, then I, I think you gain a certain type of respect and a certain type of you know this is how we're going to do it this is our standard it's not a standard for some of you it's a standard for all of you and and i think that's really important when you're thinking about the coaching angle of things yeah yeah totally and i i don't remember did they end up they they ended up losing that game right well, no, I, I, they must or have won it okay. because they, they ended on. up playing – because that was the semifinal game because yeah. that was the game the UCLA coach was at, okay. and they ended up playing for the championship. So yep, you're right. The, you're the, right. That, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, that's yeah. okay. No, it's okay. That's No, that, that's what I meant by Feakin, by Coach Feakin. Like, he loses that game and doesn't play Samuelson, and, you know, maybe that – he takes some heat for that. So, um in today's world yeah. <laughs> so but that's good uh, heat though that's good heat I it think. is good heat yeah. totally agree with it yeah. Yeah. yeah but you know how we live in the world that we live in now so you never know how that's gonna be exactly uh, you know yep uh how can this film help you win games jen well just understanding players and um 
I don't, I don't really want to get into my players' personal lives and what their dating relationships are. But if they're struggling with things, then definitely want to be able to understand that. Um, but I think, you know, it's inspiring. I think it's an inspiring movie. I think anything that shows a female athlete mm-hmm. uh, having success is inspiring. So I think, you know, encouraging players just to watch this movie can uh inspire them a little bit to know it's okay to be a basketball player like Mm -hmm. it's it's okay it's you know so you don't have to be ashamed of it or anything like that like you can still be um a beautiful lady and still play basketball it's okay yeah absolutely i uh you had said this before and and i think it's something that we struggle with as high school coaches because we need our coaches or we need our kids to work on their game in the off season. We obviously need them to put time in to make themselves better, but kind of like what you were talking about with that singular focus, like Monica was almost too focused on basketball yeah, and, you know, have that balance to avoid that burnout. And, you know, one of the hardest things that, I know I've ran into it. I'm guessing you have too, Jen, is you have a kid coming up through your system at sixth grade or seventh grade, and you're thinking, wow, this kid's got a chance to be a really nice player for, for the Antlers or the Pioneers. Uh-huh. And and then by the time they're a sophomore, they're not even going out anymore yeah. because yeah. They're, just, they're just fried. They're just burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, you know, like, Quincy said after he tore his ACL, you know, I'm ready to do something different. Uh, uh, And and I think the challenge that we face as high school coaches is we want our kids to work hard. They obviously have to put in time with their skill development, you know, especially at this time, you know, anymore. You probably have to play some AAU uh, Mm -hmm. if you want to be really, really good. And amongst the, all the other things, uh, weightlifting, strength and conditioning, so forth and so on. But how do we do that to where we're crescendoing as a junior as and a senior and we're hitting that highest point and not burning them out by the time they're in eighth grade, ninth grade in that ultimate drive to succeed? You know, I think that's the $64,000 yeah. question that we really face. I totally agree. And then, you know, the balance thing you, you just mentioned, like she couldn't function without basketball. Like yes. she was, she struggled. Mm-hmm. So just having more, more out there, yeah. um, I think is something that you know obviously will help yeah. people be successful and win games and be successful in life. Uh, little funny thing you're talking about her functioning without basketball. You know she she decides to not play overseas anymore and she gets a job at her dad's bank and then yeah. she, she gets home. And she's wearing the heels and she and, and the, the heel yes. buckles on her. Yes. <laughs> it was just this little thing. It was just like a little yeah. two-second thing. But that made me giggle out loud because she had said earlier in the movie, I don't even know how to walk in heels. And then yep. here she is six, seven years later. She still doesn't know how to walk in heels. Yeah. So, yeah, that was funny. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. So, uh, Motivational great. How motivated are you to hoop after watching this film? I gave it a C, <laughs> Jen. Uh, yeah. I gave it a C. Uh, wasn't bad. Uh, I I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the the movie uh, from start to finish, but uh-huh. but I was not ready to get out the the board and start drawing some stuff up or thinking about that. I just thought it was a nice, entertaining 
film that had some good basketball sequences and you know all the other things that we've talked about the last hour or so that brought it brought into it so i had a c for this one yeah yeah i had i actually had a, a d oh, i okay. i was wow. yeah heavy was grader of, wow well yeah i was i just i wasn't real motivated to go play basketball or anything but i will tell you my daughter, who's 13, walked through. Now, I couldn't watch the movie with her because there were some scenes in there. I'm just like, I'm not watching this with her. But uh, she then went and picked up a basketball and went outside and started hooping. So okay. um, just, you know, maybe it's because where we're at with our age. I don't know. But um, I thought it was more of a love story than than truly a basketball story. That was kind of my take on it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I agree with you there. I agree with you there. They were able to tie in some pretty good basketball stuff around the the love story between yeah. the two main characters. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Uh, MVP of the movie. Yeah. So I I want to know who yours was first because I don't think you're going to believe me when I tell you who mine is. Okay. Wow. I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. I'm intrigued. My MVP was the the actress that played Monica. Uh, okay. Because. Uh, we kind of talked about it with He Got Game, that you know you've got Ray Allen and Denzel. Those are obviously the two main characters, and if Ray Allen can't act, then <laughs> that that movie is awful. And he holds his own. He does a really good job throughout the entire movie, and you know obviously he did he did the basketball stuff as well, uh, which is where he's at home. And I really thought that uh, Monica had to. You know, obviously she's going to be an actress, but she had to carry she had to carry the uh, the part of being a basketball player yeah. first. Okay. And that that yeah. and and so I really thought that if she could not legitimately carry the part of a basketball player, then the movie fails. You can you can find a yeah. hundred you can find a hundred actors to play the Quincy part, but it was harder, I'm sure, for them to find somebody to play the Monica part especially when it came to the basketball <laughs> stuff. Uh, that's again, I wasn't the casting director for the film. I don't know that. For right. Sure. Right. But, but I don't. So I really thought that if she would not have done that role as well as she did, especially from the basketball point of view. And again, just being, you know, consider me a basketball player. I, I think the movie really, really would have suffered. And so that's why I gave her the MVP. Well, I think I misunderstood the question. So okay. I would agree with you. She was by far, she made the movie go. Like, she, I totally agree with you. Okay. And it would be hard to find an actress to fill that part. I thought you meant, like, who is the MVP of the story? Okay. So okay. What I'm would you sorry have? about that. What would well, you I said the I said the mom. Oh, okay. Because, yeah, because if the mom didn't tell her to go fight for Quincy, then then that story's not going to go that way. Yeah, and she doesn't have another granddaughter. No, she doesn't have another granddaughter, but, um, you know, I think Monica was just, she'd given up. She's like, yeah, they're going to get married. My life's, I'm going to work in a bank. Like, this is it. This is how happy I'm going to be. And then the mom kind of, I don't know what she said to her, but she kind of inspired her that, you know, she said something like, you always fought for what you wanted or something like that. And then... That's when she went out and played one on one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and then she also said something like, uh, "When I said that Quincy could do better, I was yes. talking about you." 
Yes, I think yeah, yeah, some something like that. Yeah, so. so I I misunderstood I misunderstood what direction no, you were no, going with that one. No, 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 that no, your your um your 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 point is is correct. I mean, because you know the story is about love and basketball, and if mom doesn't come in and give her the great coaching advice of you got to go fight for him, you got to go get him, you know that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a. I think that's a good observation, Jen. That's 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 good right. stuff. Yeah, well done. Not bad for a Midland grad. All right, over <laughs> <laughs> overall grade, overall grade A through F. What are you giving Love and Basketball, Jen? I mean, I gave it a B. I like the story. I like uh-huh. the movie. I really liked it when it came out. Uh-huh. So, um, and again, you know, I didn't think about that till you mentioned it back then. Well, even now, there's not a lot of female athletic stories but when that came out i was just like this is awesome mm-hmm. man there is a finally a female basketball movie mm-hmm. and it tells a great story so and i enjoyed watching it again like you said the music and just kind of flashing back to the 80s but i, I give it a b i i had a b as well i had a b as well i thought uh because it had been a long time since i had seen it and, and yeah, especially was seen it like start to finish and like literally yeah. locked in and watching it. And I remember more of the romantic love story uh, between the two characters uh-huh. and, and that type of a thing. And I really underestimated all the other stuff that went into the movie that we've pointed out here uh, yeah. with the different storylines. Uh, you know, Monica had trouble with her, with her mom, just like Q had trouble yes. with his dad. And, yeah. um, you know, just just all of those type of things, and and the the basketball story, and again, a lot of the basketball story, which I really enjoyed, and again, I think the greatest strength of the movie, like like you said, Jen, uh, the portrayal of of women athlete, uh, female athletes, and uh, the story of Monica's rise, and that I am just a player, uh, I'm a ball player. Don't look at me as a woman or a girl basketball player. Just I'm a ball player, yep. and I, I think that again, looking back on it now. I think that's the best thing about the film. I think that's really the best thing about the film. So, yep, yep, uh, I, I agree with you. Yep. So, all right. Anything else, Jennifer Rodgers? I don't. I. I mean, that's about as um, serious in depth that I've taken a movie in a long time. So I appreciate all these questions. It definitely got me thinking, and I did enjoy watching the movie again, and. Um, I really enjoyed it, so this was yeah. this was fun. Well, I if you thought this was in depth, I really I literally went through three floppy disks worth of notes for for Teen Wolf <laughs> when we went through that one. So. Oh, oh, oh. I, I'm gonna have to get on and listen to those. Oh well, uh, no these these have been a lot of fun to do. It's it's been a, a really fun change up from a lot of the regular stuff yeah. that I do, and and I and I think you know what we've been able to do as we've mind through these films is to find a lot of stuff that coaches can use to help make them better and to think about things and um sometimes more seriously sometimes less seriously uh you know just think about again different ways that we can make ourselves better as coaches and uh i I think this movie is a another example of that so yeah yeah i enjoyed it This, this was a lot of fun and again i can't wait to listen to the other ones and um 
maybe even go back and watch some of those movies. Yeah, I, yeah, I think you will. Well, we've got three left to go. This was episode seven. Right. We've got three more left to go, uh, two documentaries and a feature film. And so uh, next week's... Uh, I, I think you're. I think folks are going to really like it, and and my guest uh, that I'm going to have on for that one, uh, we we are uh, when it comes to the subject matter. He we, we I think we are going to. I don't want to sound like I'm Skip Bayless and he's Shannon Sharp, uh, you know. But I think we're going to be on the opposite side. Uh, here's a teaser for you. I think we're going to have a healthy debate over the legacy of the main character of said documentary. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll, we'll find okay. out when we get there. So, uh, Je- Hey, Jennifer, thanks so much for, for coming on here tonight. Hopefully I didn't keep you up too late. Uh, no. you know, and, and, uh, hope you get a good night's sleep. What do you got going on in PE class tomorrow? Hey, now, first of all, I get up at five, so I gotta get, I gotta get up at five and get my walk done. So, um, five, we'll, that's, that's check mark number one for the day. So, wow. um, now, so don't be making fun of me too much. No, no, I'm impressed. Five, I mean, that's that's impressive. You know, I'd, I, I'll give you some, you know, you know, Baxter, that's impressive. Ron Burgundy style, <laughs> 5 a.m. Um, well, you enjoy that. You know what you can do on your walk tomorrow? You can put on your headset. You can listen to one of the film rooms. You are 100% correct, and I, I probably will be doing that. So, so Sounds good, uh-huh, Rocky. Yeah. Well, hey, yeah. I'll... Uh, I'll see you in a couple of weeks at the metros, and we'll we'll roll Sounds from there. Great. So, all right, hold all the right. line just a second here, uh, coaches. I heard. I hope you've enjoyed the breakdown of love and basketball from the year two thousand. Uh, pretty good movie. Pretty good movie. Uh, a lot of good stuff that we were able to take out of it tonight. Uh, really want to thank Jennifer Raggi, head girls basketball coach at Elkhorn High School here in Elkhorn, Nebraska, for jumping on here this evening. Hope you've enjoyed it, coaches. And, and as always, coaches, let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.